Hey everyone, welcome to episode 125 of the Take Back Your Territory podcast. My name is Lindsay. Thank you for joining me so much today. I'm so glad you're here. Today we're talking about rest. And I've been preparing and kind of bumping around in my own head for the past couple of weeks about this next book and what it's supposed to be about. And I've been honestly feeling like it's just not the right time. I talked to my writing coach yesterday and she's like, nope, (laughs) that's just a feeling. But um, I actually feel like I need to investigate and I need to do a lot of more work before I can begin writing. One of the things that I'm beginning to do work on is this idea of rest. And rest is not a new word to me. Um, It is something that I'm practicing and have been practicing in my life, um, kind of at the forefront of my life for at least the last year. And I've been resting physically. I've been learning how to rest emotionally, resting mentally, and of course, resting spiritually. What I found though, is that if you are like me, or how I was, or even how a little part of me still is, rest is very uncomfortable. If you are a person that um, believes that your worth comes from your work, that your worth comes from your performance, that um, you are, that your, your worth is just mandated on what you do, um, hustling and grinding will be a focus, and rest will be not something that you would even think about partaking in. And really rest for some people comes at a point in their lives where they don't have a choice and they must rest. And last year rest did come for me in that way um, where I could no longer create chaos in my life. I had to rest. And learning how to do this and investigating it um, brought a slew of things into my life that I was not expecting but on the other side of them there I was able to rest one thing that drove me to not rest was I was the person that was always waiting for the bottom to drop out and I was hyper vigilant and hypersensitive And um, it was kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, whether it be from childhood or my marriage or work or even mothering or having a daughter with some medically special needs. Um, The second that I sat down and took a breath, something else would happen. And so I lived in a constant state of chaos. And chaos felt normal to me. Um, Being raised in a home with um, people that weren't really emotionally intelligent, they were also in survival mode. That put me into survival mode, and I just reacted and responded to their needs. And so because there was chaos going on inside of them, 
there was chaos going on inside of me and I didn't know what peace and rest and freedom and joy and love and all of these things that the kingdom of God has for us. So they're all new concepts, like boundaries were new concepts to me and I didn't really learn them until my late 30s. Maybe mid-30s, but definitely in my 30s. So the question that I ask myself today and I'm kind of wrestling with, I want to bring to you and have you go back and forth about maybe in your own heart. Because we can believe the lie that we have to check all the boxes and do all the things and put chaos into order before we can rest. But the rest that I'm talking about is in spite where everything in the world is swirling around us and everything even maybe inside of ourselves maybe we have doubt maybe we have um, a place where we're unsure maybe we're worried maybe we're afraid maybe maybe we have all of these difficulties and issues in our life and maybe we have an array of easy buttons for the enemy to push and remind us of this and this and this and this and this and this but what if we were defiant of fear? What if we were defiant of the hustle? What if we defied chaos and we sat and we rested? And I'm not talking about dissociation. I'm not talking about distraction. I'm not talking about scrolling social media or binging Netflix. I'm talking about what if we just sat? And what if we allowed our thoughts to come forward? Because something that I'm investigating lately is that I may have potentially been running my whole life from chaos or from abuse or from um, just unsafe, unsavory things, right? And I've done it in my own way. But what if who I was truly running from, and that's including God, I was running from God. But what if who I was truly running from was myself? What if I didn't want to hear? What if I was too afraid to hear what I have to say? What if I was too afraid to listen to my dreams? What if that still small voice inside of me would make me do things <laughs> that would cause me to be persecuted? That would make me say things that would make me stand in situations where I could lose? What if you haven't been running from anything or anyone except yourself? Your true self, the person who you truly are. 
In the Food Freedom Coaching, we have several weeks where we investigate our whys and our values and we make declarations of who we are in our identities and then we start to make boundaries with our food. And this week in week seven, um, which I believe is chapter six in the book, we are reframing lies. And this is all mental work. The battlefield between you and the enemy, between you and yourself, will always be in your mind. And one of the biggest revelations that I had in my life was that not every thought that I have is true. And certainly it is not absolute capital T truth. And not every feeling that I have is, is right or true. My feelings are valid. My feelings are worthy to be felt. Um, but just because I have a feeling about something it doesn't mean that I should be governed by it. It doesn't mean that I should change my life according to it. And it doesn't mean that it's true. Our feelings are a gift from God, but they are also just a response in our limbic system that tells us how we are, how we're feeling, how we are kind of assimilated into the environment that we're in. I'm in a place that I don't know, let's say I go to a different state or a different country and I don't know the language and I don't know the, the, where to go, I don't know how to travel, I don't know how to speak, I don't know how, I don't even know what to eat there, I could feel afraid. And I could doubt my own ability to keep myself safe or to keep myself from not making a huge mistake. And that feeling is valid, and that feeling is real. But I don't necessarily have to feel afraid. What I need to do is get help and find someone that will help me and not be afraid anymore. So I've kind of been bumping into a few things along in the coaching. Um, and just working with different people and hearing their story and hearing how the Lord is working in their life. It's, it's an amazing and a beautiful thing. But some of us have come up against these roadblocks and these barriers. And I've had these roadblocks and these barriers in my life before, and so I just want to address them kind of collectively. <clears throat> so I'm thinking about Proverbs. So Proverbs teaches us to, especially in Proverbs 2, it says, My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search, her, search for her as hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. 
He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice, and he pres preserves the way of his godly ones. Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity in every good course. And it goes on to talk about wisdom and knowledge and discretion and understanding and walking in the paths of uprightness. We have all of this knowledge. We have knowledge at the tip of our finger. We can know something in our brains. We can maybe even have a, a, a parcel of understanding around it. But there's a big difference between knowing something, understanding something, and then actually applying it in your life. Wisdom is knowledge applied. And we know all of these things. We know, really, we know <clears throat> what we should and should not eat. We know what we should and should not do. And I'm saying the word should lightly. We know the difference between right and wrong. We know what to put into our bodies, what not to put into our bodies. If we don't know, then we know that we need to work on doing that, right? We need to work on feeling fullness and feeling satiety and eating the things for satiety and eating when we're hungry and not starving ourselves and not doing all of this just restricting and binging and, and, and even not um, partaking in things that are really self-harm. I've been reading at night. I've been reading a book, whether it be fiction or be biographical or, or be um, informative. And I've replaced bringing my phone, bringing Netflix into bed with me to try to chill. I also used to have to listen to books or podcasts to be able to fall asleep because my mind was so chaotic. And so I've been changing the way that I do basically everything in my life. And... I've been reading and last night I was I worked all day and I just kind of wanted to know what was going on with the war in, in Ukraine so that I could be praying and so that you know if my kids had questions I could I could answer them truthfully and I check various resources and um, because I'm not a I don't want to be closed-minded and I was watching this in bed and I felt the Holy Spirit, you're not supposed to be doing that. Read your book. Like, this is going to keep you up. I even felt, you know, kind of my inner wisdom. Like, Lindsay, you're not supposed to be doing this. You could literally get right back on this train of addiction of, of, of having a screen in bed because it was an addiction. And I just kept listening and, and watching and... It's a very slippery slope, right? So we have all of this knowledge. And you can go read a book and you can have knowledge. You can take a course and have knowledge. You can watch someone long enough on Instagram who's specified in a niche or specified in a topic. And you could get knowledge from that person. But to have understanding, to see things from other sides, and even to have empathy for people that are walking through it, that is a learned thing. That is a different part of your brain. Um, and it is 
not this encapsulated bit of information, but it's like, boom, now I get it, right? I remember hearing, sitting in sermons all the time in my old church, <laughs> and the pastor would talk about, just renew your mind, just renew your mind. Well, you just got to renew your mind. And I would sit there and go, okay, I have to renew my mind. But how do I do that? I don't know how to renew my mind. I don't know how to separate thoughts. I don't know what's me, what's God, what's the enemy. I don't know what are trauma triggers. I don't know all of these things. And so I had to go get knowledge. And then I had to get understanding. But a lot of times while we're getting understanding, it's in the application of doing the things. And I think some of us are so afraid to fail. Some of us are so afraid to be beginners. Some of us are so afraid to look like idiots. Which, if I could just whisper, is that pride. We're so afraid to fail that we never actually start applying the things that we've even learned. So we don't have a grip. We don't have understanding. And we can't start making these decisions for ourselves so if you're stuck what do you need to start actually applying in your life if you've been reading books and gathering knowledge and gathering information it's time to to put the metal down it's time to you know put the pedal to the metal rubber meets the road and actually start walking these things out because that's where the change happens that's where the understanding happens and wisdom is knowledge applied and for us to gain wisdom for us to gain able the ability to see things in different facets and be able to actually have an understanding and be able to walk this thing out in our life we're going to have to take a step and we're going to have to screw up. We're going to have to make a mistake. Y'all, I published a book. And I marketed it. Before it was ready. Before I was ready. Before the Lord told me. And then I had to take it back. And say, oh, oh, oh no, no, never mind. That's not it, that's not it. Hold on. Let me go back to the drawing board for 10 weeks. Let me figure this thing out. Don't be afraid of making a mistake, please. Don't be afraid of being a beginner. Because this is where life is. This is where the working out your salvation with fear and trembling. This is the work that has to be done. And if something is standing in your way of making a change, and that thing is fear or pride or shame or condemnation, you can go ahead and do that thing while feeling those emotions. You can do things in fear. You can do things in pride. You can do things in shame. You can do things with shaking in your boots. You can do them. You can still do them. 
you can still show up to the starting line having a panic attack and cross that start line and begin the race. I think we've put this emphasis on failure so much that I don't know, like, some people I've talked to, like, there's this older generation that's just, like, super hard and and just high-strung and all about production and we don't have to live that way. We, we don't have to wait until we feel like doing it. We don't have to wait until we're inspired to do something. We don't have to wait until all of the puzzle pieces have come together before we make a move. We also don't have to wait until the chaos and the disorder and the disarray around us settles down before we can rest. Because what, what's going on is that we're allowing our emotions to govern our actions. And what that is creating is inaction. And when we're allowing chaos to govern our not resting, we're just creating more chaos and more unrest and more lack of space for peace. When we're allowing doubt and frustration and fear and pride to keep us from making moves, which could be to sit down and rest, or which could be to finally make a move and do that thing that you want to do, we're never going to find what we want to find until we actually start walking this thing out. And to give yourself permission to do it afraid. You know, I'm, in, I'm on day seven, day six, of doing this AIP protocol where it's like my diet is completely stripped down of anything that would cause inflammation in my body, anything that would disrupt my gut. And y'all, basically everything that I was eating was on this list of things that are to avoid. And the first thing that popped in my head when I decided to do this, which was include come off coffee and caffeine, the first thing that popped in my head was, you're going to fail. And when you fail, you're going to rebound so hard, you're going to have one of the biggest binges in your life. You're going to fail. So that's why you can't do this. But I was being led to do this by the Lord. I wasn't going to allow fear to stand in my way. And I'll tell you, I think it was miraculous. But the, the, the night before I had decided this is what I'm going to do, and the next day I woke up and coffee tasted disgusting to me. There is an empowerment here to get me free, to get me healed, to get me whole, to get me well. And I'm exhausted and I feel terrible <laughs> and my emotions are everywhere. But the Lord is calling me to rest, but he's also calling me to step out and to do this, even if I fail, even if I screw up. If we can come out of the ditches between failure and success, if we can come out of the ditch ditches between perfectionism and whatever the opposite of perfectionism is, I suppose it would be failure or lack of perfectionism, I don't know. And we could just say, you know what, I'm going to try. I might screw this thing up, 
I might make a fool of myself. I might wish I never did. But I have to do this anyway. In the scripture, the Lord is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Some of us want this whole picture of things before us, and we want the heavens to open and the angels to descend and go, This is your calling. Do this. You want this huge vision. And if you get that, that's so great. I'm really happy for you. But that isn't the way that the Lord leads me. He leads me step by step by step. And when I fail, when I fall, when I screw it all up, that's okay. Brush yourself off. Dust yourself off. Let's keep going. Now let's look back. What is the lesson? What are you not going to repeat and do again? Well, I'm not going to do this. Okay. Remember that and let's go. God himself is not asking me to live a perfect life. He asked that of one person that ever lived. And that person was empowered to do it. And that was Christ. He's not asking you to be perfect. He's not asking you to do everything perfectly or without fear or without shame. He might just be asking you to show up anyway. He might be asking you to pick up a microphone, even if you're shaking, even if you're unsure, and just say, I'll put words in your mouth, speak. He might be asking you to write. He might be asking you to work. He might be asking you to sit and to stop running away from yourself and to stop running away from him. I have a quote by Michelangelo sitting above my desk and it was in I have a planner subscription box from a company called Cloth and Paper and this quote says the great danger for most of us lies not in setting our aim too high and falling short but in setting our aim too low and achieving our mark and I'm back and forth about this quote because there is a part of me that sets marks very low so that I can achieve them. But it's with the knowledge, it's with the understanding that there's going to be another mark that I have to meet. There's going to be another start line that I have to cross. There's going to be another marathon that I have to run, figuratively. And I think this purpose and this calling that we have on our lives, that, that God sets before the foundations of the world, when he called you and I into existence, that he has this big, beautiful plan for us, for us to co-create and for us to live this life with him and what we can achieve together. But I don't have to set my mark there. Because if I did, then by the time I reached it, I probably wouldn't have any satisfaction. And I probably wouldn't give God the glory. And I probably never would have taken the step to get there in the first place. So 
while you're making your goals and you're setting out to do these things in your life, good job. Do it afraid. Do it broke. Do it unabashedly. You can do it in quiet and do it in the secret place too and not tell anybody about it. But putting the first step out in front of you and achieving that and doing that thing and then the next thing and then the next thing and then the next thing generally that's how we get there it's the same thing with applying this knowledge that you have because this is where wisdom comes in and this is where our understanding is built we could teach someone about an engine of a car watch how it how it does the engine things that it does with pistons and belts and lube and chains and all these things, right? But a person isn't going to know the thing about a car until he gets behind the wheel and he drives it. A person isn't going to know about tires until he blows one on the side of the road and he has to change it. Don't be so afraid that you never drive the car. Get behind the wheel and go. Even if this go is go sit down and rest. And to discern between the two of those, whether to go or to rest, we have to come to a place in ourselves of trusting. We have to come to a place with the Lord where we trust. And a lot of times it's just a question. What are you asking me to do, Lord? What will you have me do today? And come up into obedience with that. Thank you for joining me. Until next time, keep moving forward.